world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey! Good Friday morning. Hey, we're going to have fun today. You'll be okay. Michelle said to me after this after yesterday's show, maybe it was the day before. She said, "Man, that is so heavy. Everything you talk about is so heavy." I, said, I don't, I don't mean it to be. Just telling the truth gets to be heavy after a while, you know. So I want to try to try to lighten the load for us a little bit. I'm heading up. Michelle and I are heading to Clay Clark's. Uh, what do they call those things? There's a Awake America tour. They're having one in Canton, Ohio today, home of the Football Hall of Fame. Home of Russ Isdar. I wish Russ was still alive. And uh, so as soon as the show's over, i got to jump in a car and head up there. I think see some good friends up there. I think Betty's going to be there. I think Gary and Debbie Pierce are going to be there. I think a couple others. I know some other folks are going to be there. Folks, listen, these things are – these ain't cheap. I, I got I got some, uh, what do they call them, press passes. So I didn't have to pay for them. Thank, praise the Lord. But I'm pretty expensive to get up there, you know. And I'm looking right here just – Here's why I want to go. This, this is, if, you, if you've never been to one of these things, they're amazing. Because every speaker gets about 15 minutes, literally about 15 minutes. And there are no breaks. There's no lunch break. There's no dinner break. They just go right on through it, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. And l- listen real quickly who some of the people that we're going to see today. I want to try to make some contact. Uh, Dr. Zelenko, remember him. He's going to speak at 1030. Dr. She, uh, Sheila Eman, Stella Emanuel, the, the, the black, wild, and crazy Pentecostal doctor from Houston is going to be there. Uh, J.P. Sears. You know who J.P. Sears is? The guy makes the video. The guy's got the long red hair. J.P. Sears is going to be there. Roger Stone. Yeah, that guy. I'm Roger crazy. Stone's going to be there today. What's that? Tom Renz is going to be there. Shane Vaughn, Pastor Toto is going to be there. Lance Wallnow is going to be there. Lance Wallnow gets 15 minutes. I'm not kidding you. Uh, Eric Trump. Yeah, that Eric Trump. He gets a half hour. Mike Lindell, the pillow man. They give him two 15-minute segments. They're spread out. Other names, Simone Gold. How about her? General Flynn again. Then Dr. Judy Mikovits. You guys know any of these names? We're going to see all these folks today. Uh, more of them. Ja- ja- Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer. Uh, let me get down there. Hang on, bear with me. Dr. Eric Napude. I met him in, when I was out in, in uh, wherever I was, out in uh, Bards Fest. Uh, Mike Vitz, I said that. Ann Vandersteel. Joe, oh my goodness. Seth Holhouse, man in America. Dr. Brian Artis. These guys all get 15 minutes, if you can believe that. 15 minutes. John. Uh, hang on, hang on, another one. Scott McKay, the Patriot, whatever he's called. Candace Keller, our own Candace Keller will be there. Uh, Pastor Leon Benjamin, Anna Kate, Patrick Byrne. And if you guys didn't see the video that Patrick Byrne did yesterday regarding the stolen election, oh my goodness. Uh, and General Flynn. So uh, that's, that's where we're going to be the next couple of days, Michelle and I. And, and uh, so I'm kind of lighthearted today. Just because it has been so heavy. Hey, I want to start you out with something here. Got it up on this. Any news? Am I getting new? Oh, wait a minute. I know. Hang on. Myra wants to pray. Come on in, Myra. I feel you. Come on in. I'll let you. Let's get your prayer in there, sweetheart. Good morning. Good morning, saints. So happy to be here with all of you. Uh, the word of God reads in Isaiah 42. Uh, he bought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of a merry crate, set my feet upon a rock and establish my goings. Yes, he did. Holy Spirit, you are welcome at Coach Dave Huddle. A mm-hmm. released anointing that breaks the joke of evil in this call. I release faith, love, and peace to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen, Myra. Amen. 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 Myra's after it today. Hey, Michelle, don't let me forget to take some Buckeyes with me today. I love to hand out Buckeyes to uh, to these folks that come. They, they remember us when you do. Hey, got something on the screen. Lighthearted today, okay? We, I'm, we can dig into whatever you want to dig into. It's a it's kind of a, a, a flea flicker Friday, but I got I, I want to try to make a point today, okay? I want uh you guys know what an optical illusion is, right? You know what an optical illusion is? I got an optical illusion for you on the screen right now. I want you to take a good hard look at it now. No tricks here. I hope everybody can see it, all 106 of you that are logged in right now, and who knows how many more are watching. Uh, which, which one of these balls that you see in front of you is larger? I don't say anything. Come on now. Just zero in, zero in. I'm not, listen, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna embarrass anybody. I'm not gonna make you pick one, but I want you publicly pick one. But I want you privately to decide: is it the red one that's bigger, or is it the blue one that's bigger? Because they're not the same. So I'm gonna do. Dun 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 Okay, you got your pick? Alright? Y'all know who it is? You don't have to I'm not gonna embarrass you. Cause I can understand if you'd get it wrong. Are you ready? Here's the answer. They are the same. They are exactly the same. But just the fact that I planted in your mind and a questioning of obvious truth made you begin to question your judgment. Somebody give me a thumbs up. Come on. You were looking at this and you were analyzing it from this direction and analyzing it from this direction. When in fact, it was me, the devil, planning in your mind that you cannot trust what you see that led you off the truth. Now, I wonder how many of you, if we really sat down and had this conversation, I wonder how many of you would have stood solidly and said, they are the same. I don't care what you say. I bet it wouldn't be very many of us, would it? You understand how mind games are played against us? You understand what goes on? You understand that the devil did that very same thing to Eve. He says, Eve, which ball's bigger? And Eve had never thought about it. Because she looked at him and they were the exact same size, she thought. But they must not be the exact same size because here was this guy questioning her. And he certainly wouldn't do that if they were the... you have any idea what they're doing to our children in school? Uh, do you have any idea? You get it, folks? Do you get it? You see what's going on? Are they, are they planting in the minds of our little children that they're not really a boy? You're not really a girl? You're not really that. Did God really say, oh, yeah. So they take you into church, and they teach you that God created you. But uh, come on, look at these two balls. Look at that. God didn't really create you. There's no way. Just look around. Look at your classmates. That one's got red hair, and that one's got black hair, and that one's got blonde hair, and that one doesn't have any hair. Come on. They're not all equal. They're not all. Get what's going on, friends? See how easily it is to be manipulated. And that's really kind of the focus I want to, want to talk to all of us about today is what is truth? What, what is truth? And how are we so, let me get back to my list here. How, how have we gotten so easily man, manipulated, okay? Now, let me play a real quick video for you on television. See if you can pull, pull that one. That, was a good one. that one's a good one too. But I want, to, I want to do one here real quickly for you on television. And you can play that at about a 1.5 speed there, um, Jonathan. I think you have it. Second one. Second one down. Do you have that one, brother? Did I send it to you? Yeah, there you go. The truth about television. The truth about television. I'm going to speed it up a little bit. Folks, why do they call it programming? Television programming. Anybody besides me used to get that little uh, TV guide in the paper, in, in the mail. Remember when you got the TV guide? And all it had was, it had the uh, 
Channel ABC, CBS, NBC, and the local public, uh, whatever, public broadcasting. Those are the only channels. And it told you what was on every, everyone, right? And the programming that was taking place. This is how the enemy operates. This is a real quick video, but it's pretty good. The truth about television, right? Hang on. Where are you? Where are you kids getting all their ideas? Where are they getting? It? Hey, television programming. Go ahead, Jonathan. The story of television. Television became available in experimental forms in the late 1920s, and after World War II, an improved form of black and white TV broadcasting became popular in the United States and Britain. In 1927, an American scientist, Philo Farnsworth, made the first electronic television system and filed a patent for it that same year. His camera tube design was known as the image dissector. Like Nikola Tesla, he was ahead of his time. At just 14 years old, he had already established the basic principles of electric television. Farnsworth's invention was intended by its creator to educate people through cultural and sports programs, to bring more understanding to the world of sheer beauty of our different cultures, habits, and beliefs, in order to settle the world's problems and bring people together. According to his wife, Pem Farnsworth, Philo saw television as a marvelous teaching tool. There would be no excuse for illiteracy. Parents could learn along with their children. News and sporting events could be seen as they were happening in real time, and we would be able to see and learn about people in other countries and lands all over the world. Differences could be settled around conference tables without going to war. Unfortunately, the television was swiftly used for other purposes that certainly did not comply with those of its inventor. People were not being educated through his invention nor had the world's problems been settled because of it. Sadly, according to his son Kent, Farnsworth felt that he had created a monster and he felt that people wasted too much of their lives watching television. He was reported to have prohibited the viewing of his very own invention in his own home, saying, there's nothing worthwhile on it and we are not gonna watch it in this household and I don't want it in your intellectual diet. Sadly, Farnsworth died on March 11, 1971, without seeing the realization of his invention, used in the way he had both intended and envisioned. Farnsworth's device was now being used to control the perceptions of billions of people all over the entire planet. Walter Lippmann, author of the book Public Opinion of 1922, stated almost a hundred years ago, people get their information about the world outside their community through the mass media. He continued to state, Ours is a problem in which deception has become organized and strong, where truth is poisoned at its source, one in which the skill of the shrewdest brains is devoted to misleading a bewildered people. Victor Navasky famously stated, It is based largely on journalism that we make up our national mind. Speaking of the invention of television, a former member of the CIA described it as the greatest scientific indoctrination tool ever devised. Today, people watch television for dozens of hours each week. It could be said that this has been, and still continues to be, one of the most trusted means of communication and form of entertainment purposes, trusted blindly by the world's citizens. But what if you discovered that that very source of information you were introduced to as a small child and had learned to love was above all a means of controlling your perception, your views, your choices, your emotions, and consequently, your behavior? The global mainstream media still today is merely one of the many tools used strategically for priming people's perceptions. If you believe that the television is a reliable source of truth and a means of harmless entertainment, you are deluding yourself. What if that source was a hidden means to controlling the way you visualize, perceive or predict, and even conduct your life without you even knowing it, pulling you into a web of lies, manipulating your everyday life? 
the very device that every household learned to love and adore for family gatherings the world over has been and is to this day a means for influencing public opinion on government issues for political influence economic control agenda setting personal profiling and opinion shaping thus controlling our very perceptions through psychological tactics such as heuristic availability priming framing stereotype activation exemplification and of course subliminal programming as a means for mind control never watch the television it becomes you and you become it ever notice that the root of the very word government actually means to govern the mind mente means mind in italian most of our language is based on latin and greek but think of the phrase all roads lead to rome Interesting that tele in Italian means web. Television is exactly what it says it is, a very web of lies, and we have been played like a pawn in a chess game. Oh, I got I got a good one for you folks. They, they talk to us so much about, uh, again, I'm going to throw it open here for a flea flicker. Go wherever you want to go with it. I got some other good stuff I can show you. I, I came across a couple statistics yesterday that blew me away. If, if uh, you were to go out and ask somebody, um, how, many, uh, how many young black men are being killed by police? It's clearly, clearly rampageous, is it, is it not? I mean, they're being killed everywhere. Poor young black men being killed by police officers. Anybody know how many black men were shot by police officers, shot and killed by police officers uh, in what year is this? In 2019, I believe it was, latest statistics. Anybody want to hazard a guess? 18. That was 2018, it was 18. 2019, it was 22. 22. We've been convinced, right? Black Lives Matter, George Floyd. Why? Because of the programming of an agenda, a dark side agenda. And what have we allowed to have happened to us? We don't program our children anymore. We don't, we don't, folks, if, you, if you're sitting your child down in front of, uh, if you're putting them in public school or sitting them down in front of the TV, I'm going to tell you something. They aren't being, they're not being uh, programmed with good. This is what we're, ha- the theme of today's show, I guess, is what have they told us it's not true? What have they told us it's not true? Come on in, Bernie. I got some things I'm going to throw up on the screen here in a minute. Bernie, Rochelle, and Craig, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Coach. The um, and what you were talking about earlier, but it's it's still a tool, and you kind of decide where you go. But you have to think what is what is really important. And um, you know, I there was a there was a book called Everlasting Man by G.K. Chesterton, and in the first part of it, there's there's this scenario. He tells a story about this guy he goes down, archaeologist. He's going out, he's doing this dig, and he's in this cave, he's looking at these drawings and he's trying to figure out what this guy was thinking, you know, why you draw this cow this way. And there's a boy carrying his tools and stuff, and he's looking at the drawing. And the boy's looking at the drawing thinking, I wonder if he drew it just because he thought it was funny. <laughs> because that's the way, that's the way the, the boy is thinking. And there's a different way, which this other guy's trying to read all this stuff into this drawing and trying, trying to, as, as yeah. he perceives that these people are. So, so what, what you carry with it, and I had an interesting thing. I had a uh, fellow over for after after church, and, and he teaches in the in the school here. And and um, and this, I'm in a s- small rural area, and there's there's you know, so he's these kids. And he said, you know, these kids are growing up. Some of them are trying to think they just want to run sawmills and do this. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, that's right. <laughs> well, first know? of all, Bernie, the point is like the you the need point- to become something. I'm like, they are something. God is, you need to know who God is, not who you are. Amen. Amen. And Bernie, worldview is everything, isn't it? Yeah. Worldview is everything. I'm working to get Dr. Ken Hoven on with us. Uh, trying to get our schedules together, bring Dr. Dino on. He's the, he's the best ever at taking the secular worldview as a secularist looks at the Bible and showing a biblical perspective on that same scripture the guy read. Worldview is everything. Perspective is everything. Thanks, Bernie. Come on in, Rochelle. Hey, good morning, team. Um, 
I think I was about seven years old. I mean, this would have been 40 years ago. And my mama wrote this poem called The Suburban Mind Zapper when it came to the television. It was amazing. It was really good. Um, I emailed you the five biggest lies about COVID. I don't know if that's helpful. But um, something really good. Um, there's this Virginia, Virginia governor signs order ending mask mandates in schools and gave the pen to the little girl who got suspended nine times for not mm-hmm. complying. I saw that. See that? Oh. that was great. Yeah. So um, there are some people out there raising little Americans. Hallelujah. There are. There are. And we're just not hearing about it, right? Compliance is permission, folks. You've got to realize that. Craig, come on in. Hey, Coach. This might be something you want to do, but it's going to take you a minute or two, and we're going to have to have Spence. Uh, we're talking about impregnating, you know, the land with God's word, right? Yep. But if you give me a minute or two, this will kind of tie into what you're really trying to say here. Okay, and there was a movie made in 1916 called Intolerance. It was a major, major, major production. And guess what the set was? It was Babylon. Okay, (laughs) now this was made out in Los Angeles. And if you uh, if maybe Spencer could uh, look up, uh, you got to go to DuckDuckGo because Google doesn't like to show you these things. (laughs) The movie called Intolerance. And there'll be pictures of what this movie set looked like. But once they got done making the film, it was so massive. This 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 was uh, this was astronomically expensive at the time. I mean, think about a movie set in 1916, right? And you know what they did? They dug a big hole, okay? Because there was nobody out there. They buried it, and guess where it sits between Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard? All those little stars. Wow, is that something, huh? Uh, you know, so, uh, folks. That's where uh, that's where it started. <laughs> that's that's what's Babylon's underneath Hollywood. So, folks, I, I've, I've I said this. I, I don't know if you've ever done this. I've driven from Las Vegas, Nevada, to Los Angeles, California, across that desert. What desert is that? Is that the Mojave? Whatever that desert is that I drove across, and I know in my heart that's where the moon landing was filmed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, folks, listen, folks, listen. It's all about worldview and perspective, right? It's all about worldview. Because I can look at, a, I can look at a, a, an animal on the ground or uh, whatever, so a birth of one of my grandchildren, and say, oh, my goodness, isn't God miraculous how, we, how that happened? And somebody else can look at it and say, wow, isn't nature something? Isn't it amazing that we've evolved from this? So it all begins with a belief system. And we cannot assume that those around us, even those who go to church, are going to have a Christian biblical worldview. Folks, we can't we can do it because we've been so programmed, as we've seen, our whole lives. Separation of church and state was the first blast across the bow where they removed God from everything so that the secular perspective, the secular worldview, was the first way that your mind began to work. Larry, come on in. Yeah, um, you know, you, you ask, what have they told us lately that is not true? Well, you'd run out of paper trying to write it all down. So the e- easier thing to do is try to think, is there anything they've told us that is true? And then about about your mind being programmed, how many of us in this room right now sitting here, you don't have to show your hands or anything. How many of you sit here and you, and you think of something out there, the bear walking through the woods, and you think of Mother Nature? Well, I'll tell you what. Mother had nothing to do with nature. God, the father created nature. I think he gets sick to his stomach every time somebody down here calls it mother nature. Amen, Larry. Well, amen. <laughs> programming, right? Programming. Folks, I, I find myself saying stupid stuff all the time. Like I told, I love my wife dearly. I'm not talking about you, Michelle. Stop calling it COVID. <laughs> we guys stop calling it COVID, please. Amen. Huh? It ain't COVID. Stop calling it that. Whatever it is, stop calling. Mm-hmm. Naomi, come on in. And uh, Debbie. So Big Pharma really likes the telelive vision. And think about how many doctor shows are on there, how many hospital shows. I get so tired of watching shows that um, the wife is not there. And they talk about, oh, well, she died of cancer. 
you know, if they ever put anything about natural healing, it's always with the bad connotation sure, to it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that people think that we are we are weirdos that go that route. Yep. But just yep. think about it. That's how they make their millions. That's right. My love of money is the root of all evil. Debbie Perkins and then Jeff. <clears throat> well, a couple of things. Back on the TV thing. Can we just recall what were the first two shows that were in color? Bonanza and Walt Disney. Oh, this is Wide World. Yeah, Wide World of Disney. That's right. We, to, we could hardly wait because our neighbors had a color TV to get over and watch Disney on Sunday nights. Wow. So, and then on Naomi's point, if you watch TV, which I don't really watch the regular channels and stuff, but. Just count how many commercials are medical, medicine. Yeah. It's almost every single commercial is connected to some medicine somehow. Well, now we're finding out, Debbie, that the government's paying medicine, right? The government now is paying medicine. The government is paying hospitals, right? Boy, folks, this is so this is so wicked. And they can only get away with it because why? They gave us Marcus Welby, MD. And these doctors are always these holier-than-thou guys that you would never, ever doubt. Oh, he's a doctor. Oh, he's a doctor. Right, folks? Part of the programming that's going on. Jeff, come on in then, Bernie. Wait, one more thing. Dr. Kildare, ladies. Dr. Kildare, wasn't he a hunk? (laughs) Dr. Kildare, yeah. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, what program? Jeff. Coach, did you read that email I sent you yesterday? The stats in there. Well, amazing. Yes. How amazing. Now, there's the cemeteries lying to the pastors, and the pastors lying to the people, and all of them are on there. I've sent that out to a few people, and I'm sharing it with people. I said, now look, Coach Dave, Pastor Bill, and all of us, we aren't so crazy now, are they? Now, the Barna report says it. Yeah, good. George Barna. I was gonna. I don't know if I've got time to get to that, Jeff. George Barna report says the exact same thing, folks. I don't know if you saw that or not. Bernie, quickly. I want to. Hey, say, while while we're getting Bernie in here, uh, Jonathan, pull up. Uh, what does it say? I'm sorry, dude. Pull up. There it is. No, no. Which one is it, Coach? Come on here, Coach. Come on, Coach. Oh, all news pipeline. Third from the bottom. Go ahead. Coach, this is this ahead, subject. This, Coach, this subject is so big that um, that you can speak yes. a, a whole week on of shows on this. But um, you know, <laughs> I, you think about watching something like Perry Mason, and it seemed like he was just this great guy and he could figure everything out. But yeah. then, you, then you realize that no, the author knew everything and he put everything in there. He made people look good and made people look stupid. Okay, and yes. and and that was all the authors of things. These people are. We fall in love with people for who they aren't, just who they pretend to be. That's right. Acting is just pretending to be people. Hey, listen, folks, look at Bonanza. Somebody mentioned Bonanza. Not a woman in there, was there? Look at Andy, look at Andy Griffith. Nobody in that entire thing married. Wasn't, wasn't a married couple in all of Andy Griffith, right? Hmm? Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Rochelle and Jack. No, Jack. Michelle, you got your hand up. Yeah, coach. Sorry, go ahead, Jack. I'll at, go later. Okay, if you look at all the uh, cop shows and judge shows and all that stuff, every one of them plays fast and loose with rights and procedures and justice. They all twist it just a little bit, and people actually think that's true. Well, they do, right? But it's not. That's part again. It's part part of part of the programming, right? Let me show you something here real quickly. I got this on uh, All News Pipeline. It's up on the screen today. Think about, folks, nobody demands the truth anymore. Nobody demands the truth. We don't demand it everywhere we look. So this I found on uh, February 1st. So it's been a while since I've had this. Been waiting for the time to use it. The entire planet became a global Jonestown when most of the world drank the Kool-Aid. The lies the American people have been told by our media and public service are endless. Are you ready? You can scroll a bit faster, Jonathan. Here we go. Vaccines are 95% effective at preventing infection. Wrong. The vaccine can't spread COVID. Wrong. The vax can become, oh, I'm sorry. After getting fully vaccinated, you'll be done for good. Wrong. One booster is adequate. 
Wrong. The vaccines are safe. Wrong. Vaccine adverse events and fatalities are rare. Wrong. There will be no COVID internment camps. Wrong. We're all in this together. Wrong. The vaccinated won't have to wear face masks. Wrong. Vaccinated will prevent severe COVID. Wrong. There will be no vaccine passports. Wrong. Omicron is highly dangerous because it's highly transmissible. Wrong. The injection stays in the shoulder. Wrong. Scroll on down. There's a deadly pandemic. Wrong. COVID is a risk to children. Wrong. No safety steps were skipped in the research phase of vaccines. Wrong. We must eradicate this virus. Wrong. We must stop the spread. Wrong. There are no safe and effective treatments available. Wrong. Vitamin D and other vitamins and minerals are for quacks. Wrong. Lockdowns, face masks, mass testing and tracing are effective and essential. Wrong. Face masks are meant to keep you safe. Wrong. Lockdown spread, stop the spread. Wrong. The unvaxxed are variant factories whose breeding escape mutants that place the vaccinated in danger. Wrong. The the vax become ill due to the unvaxxed. Wrong. Natural immunity doesn't exist. Wrong. The vaxxed are the highest risk to themselves and others. Wrong. The unvaxxed are the problem. Wrong. This is about a virus. Wrong. The health authorities' only goal is optimum public health. Wrong. The virus is the biggest threat. No tyranny is. If we comply, the draconian measures will go away. Wrong. Two weeks, right? Two weeks to stop the spread. Politicians and companies are working for our benefit. Wrong. Fauci and other experts represent science. Wrong. We should listen and obey doctors because they have the best knowledge available. Wrong. Doctors have, have behave according to the Hippocratic Oath. First, do no harm. Wrong. All vaccine thinkers and anti-vaxxers are a bunch of crazy people. Wrong. We must trust the science. Wrong. We must suppress dissenting opinions. Wrong. The media are there to inform the population honesty and completely and keep politicians honest. Wrong. We must suppress misinformation. Wrong. Science is about the search for truth. Wrong. Science is about public welfare. Wrong. We must wait for perfect evidence, which means huge randomized controlled trials. Wrong. Randomized controlled trials are the gold standard of science. Wrong. Vaccine passports keep us safe. Wrong. Our leaders are trying to get us out of this crisis as fast as possible. Wrong. On and on and on and on. Truth doesn't matter. Now ask ourselves this. Who is the father of lies? Who is it? And we can't see this playing out. It's playing out right in front of us. Come on in, Rochelle. Yes. Wow. This is a long list. Um, and, and I'm sure it was in there and I just missed herd immunity. Um, the one thing I wanted to say was that for the first time in history, there's this a world-renowned virologist, Dr. Stefan Lanka. He's running a three-phase controlled experiment that is proving the way they've the way they establish a virus and, and claim that it's a virus, it's all fraud. So the entire, um, what they call germ theory may be turned on its head as opposed to terrain theory may come back into place. Yeah, all of the scientific stuff, they say the science is changing. No, the science is not changing. The truth is just starting to come out. Oh, yeah, the truth is covered over. So let me Amen. Switch, let me switch gears on you, my dear brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, Jonathan. Pull up for me uh, that says the Bible never said that. The Bible never said that. Ten things you think are in the Bible that are nowhere to be found. All right, here we go. It says, let's start this article with a pop quiz. Which one of these words doesn't belong on the list? Can you guess which one? Morality, quality, rapture, trinity, frying pan, immaculate, logic, responsibility. If you said frying pan, then congratulations. You might be right. Frying pan is the only one. In fact, the word frying pan appears twice in Leviticus. <laughs> As for the restless, none of those other words are in the Bible. None of those other words are in the Bible. So let's slide down here a little bit, Spence. Number one, no room in the end. There was no room in the end. Well, you're a good Christian, so you know the Christmas story inside now, right? You know when Mary and Joseph rocked up in Bethlehem with Mary bursting into seams late pregnancy, that they knocked at the door and so then in and couldn't get in? No, sorry. <laughs> no, there's no in, there's no innkeeper. <laughs> Come to mention it, there's no stable either. That's right. 
Bible doesn't mention an inn in the Christmas narrative, and there's certainly no innkeeper telling Mary and Joseph that there wasn't any room in the stable. If you don't believe me, go check it out yourself. In fact, Bethlehem was such a small town, it's possible it didn't even have an inn. What's more likely is Mary and Joseph gave birth to Jesus at the residence of Joseph, of jo- uh, at a relative of Joseph, not inside the dwelling, but in a space where the animals were kept. Where'd you get that in, huh? Where did you get your Bible knowledge? Number two, three wise men. I'm not going to read all these, okay? Nope. <laughs> no. No. We, we, while we're on it, that, hang on. What a tale, huh? What a whale of a tale. That's be how, <laughs> hey, I'm not one of those guys who necessarily believe that a whale literally swallowed Jonah. However, even if I did, it could be wrong. That's because despite what they taught you in Sunday school, the Bible never says that it was a whale that swallowed the runaway prophet. In fact, the Bible recalls in Jonah that God allegedly sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Whale's not a fish. Disney meets the Bible. I'm pretty sure it was Snow White who tempted by an apple and succumbed. As for Satan tempting Eve with an apple, well, the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> the Bible doesn't mention an apple at all. God merely describes as Eve eating some forbidden fruit. Was it a banana? Lemon? Could it have been something not even really a fruit? We don't know that, do we? Oh, and while we're talking about Adam and Eve, the Bible doesn't say that Satan was the one who tempted Eve. In fact, the Bible never mentions Satan being present for the whole sorry saga. They said it was a serpent. And we assumed it was Satan. Genesis mentions nothing of a serpent. But a serpent, I'm sorry. Not only does the text not mention Satan, but the very idea of Satan as a devilish tempter also postdates the composition of the Garden of Eden story by at least 500 years. Hmm? God doesn't, God doesn't help those who help themselves. According to Barna, 82% of the general population believes that phrase is in the Bible, and it is not. <laughs> That's why only 81% of Christians surveyed believe that this is in the Bible, a whole percentage point. Sorry to ruin your day, but it doesn't actually say God helps those up. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. You say, well, coach, the principle's there. Well, yeah, principle's there, I suppose. Love the sinner and hate the sin. Hate the sin. Love the sinner. It's a Christian cliche. It's been used with increased frequency in recent years, often by Christians. You can imagine a while many Christians say, sure, I love the gays, but I don't condemn their lifestyle. I hate the sin, but I love the sinner. And then smiling warmly as if they had done some great deed for the world. I've written a whole article about this. It was Gandhi who said, love the sinner, hate the sin. Number seven, spare the rod, spoil the child. That sounds good. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> However, to be fair, there is close Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. But it never said spare the rod, spoil the child, even though we believe it's biblical. Number eight, cleanliness is next to god- godliness. Well, Cleanliness next to godliness. My grandma always said all the time, sounds good, but it's not biblical. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no matter if John Wesley or someone else came up with that wise saying, if it sounds like a proverb, people figure it must be in the Bible. It's not. Number nine, scroll on down. God whoop, God will not give you more than you can handle. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? Use that one. Oh, I've used that one a lot. This phrase was probably the result of some well-meaning person trying to sum up 1 Corinthians 10. However, it's not in the Bible. To be honest, it really belies the reality of life. The truth is that people are confronted by things that they can't really handle all the time. It's true, isn't it? And the problem with using this made-up verse as a way of comforting people is that we, when someone feels like they aren't coping, they begin then to question their faith, question God, right? Something wrong with me. God wouldn't give it to me if I couldn't handle it. Sounds good, but it's not true. Number 10, the Bible according to politician. When you think of great biblical scholars, you probably don't think of Nancy Pelosi. However, it turns out she's quite fond of pulling out the odd Bible verse. And here, one of her favorites is this. To minister to the needs of God's creation is an act of worship. To ignore those needs is to honor, dishonor the God who made us. Oh, that's beautiful, Nancy. But that's, a, that's a quote out of Slate magazine. <laughs> oh. So, so listen, listen. What am I saying? So much, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth, friends. That's how, in my opinion, how we ended up with denominationalism. It, it, folks, we ended up with the red ball, blue ball. 
which one is right. Does the Bible really say? And this permeates all of our society. How did we ever get to the point in America, two things, three things, four things, where we began to think that the Bible doesn't care about immorality? That Jesus loves people so much that he looks past the homosexual because he loves them. That God hates the sin. And look, folks, do you understand how damaging this is to the cause of Christ? Do you understand it? Do you understand the lie that everybody who dies is in a better place? Do you understand that lie? Do you understand that if we don't talk about heaven and hell, justice and judgment, that's a great disservice that's going on? Do you understand the watering down of the gospel? How about this one? The Bible is very, very clear that women are not supposed to be, be in the pulpit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what it says. Now, you can say, I'm not, I don't want to go to war over this, okay? But I can say, well, it's okay by me. It's okay. Well, it may be okay by you. But the Bible said a woman shouldn't be doing it. Just like a Bible says a man shouldn't lie with a man. It's an abomination. Now, the church can say, oh, well, we love everybody. God loves everybody. Didn't you know that, that God loves everybody and that you're not supposed to judge? You know all that, right? And so what happens? How does Satan come in? Red ball, blue ball. Red ball, blue ball. Are you a Christian? Red ball, you're a Christian? Well, you love everybody then because God loves everybody, blue ball. And after a while, you can't defend, you can't believe what you read. You can't, no, that, that can't be true. That's not what the Bible says. See what's going on? See what's happening to us? Separation between the church and state? Hmm? Not allowed to pray in school? Not allowed to pray before a football game? Hmm? Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's a kook, but Fauci's uh, good, right? Uh, Donald Trump's lying to you, but uh, 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 Andrew Cuomo's telling you the truth, right? right? Get it, folks? See what's happening? Come on in, Rochelle and, and Craig. Hey, thanks again, Coach. Um, I just wanted, I, ha- I have to go back to what you said about uh, Jonah um, and the whale. I know this is a little op- top op- topic, off but topic. people people want to dismiss that because it sounds absurd and that's what your minds have been trained to do. But just let me give you a quick history there. Um, for, first of all, let me just address Jesus said, I'll give you the sign of Jonah, which is three days and three nights in the grave. So Jesus <clears throat> believed in Jonah. He believed in this. He knew, he knew that this happened. And the king of Nineveh responded to this because he had Hebrew roots. And can you imagine if you seen some guy thrown up on the shore by a giant fish, which I can't remember the name. If Reggie's in here, I'm sure she knows. But the Pope wears that giant yeah. fish hat. That's who they worshipped. So to have somebody thrown up on their shore by a giant fish and say, hey, y- y'all are damned. <laughs> um, that, that was just where I wanted to go. But don't let your mind do that, guys. If it's in the Bible, tr- you want to believe it. That's the whole point. If it's in your Bible, it's true. That's Amen. the only source of truth we've got. Okay, so let's, let us let me dive a little bit deeper here. Craig, I'll get to you real quick, I promise. Uh, <clears throat> so let's think about this. Because, Ms. Rochelle, you're the one that brought it up, all right? So you said, Jonah, that he would be in the belly of the whale. How long, uh, Ms. Rochelle? The, Jesus said three days and three nights in the belly of three, the whale. Three days and three nights, right? So he's crucified on Friday. No, I don't agree he was crucified on Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's crucified on Friday. And he raises Sunday morning. Math doesn't add up. Something wrong there. I'm not denying the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. But Friday to Sunday, folks, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. In fact, it should have been all day Friday. No, all day Thursday. All day Friday, all day Saturday, and then come popping out on Sunday. I think. Hey, coach, it's I think. Huh? Well, hey, don't doubt. Now you're picking a fight. Now I'm just. Hey, you're picking a fight, right? Tradition, right? Teaching his commandments and doctrines of men, making the word of God so of no effect. I know I'm making some of you nervous, hey, friends. Homosexuality is an abomination. Jesus didn't say it was okay in the New Testament. So I hear people say, well, he never mentioned homosexuality in the New Testament. Well, hell no, he didn't have to. Anybody can figure out that's wrong. (laughs) 
Why would you have to mention that again? He didn't. He didn't mention wife swapping either. I don't think did he? Uh, I don't think he did. Uh, did he? Uh, did he mention group sex? Did, did he mention that in the Bible? I don't think he did. Did he mention divorce? Yeah, he mentioned divorce. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. <laughs> I'm not trying. Not trying to make anybody mad here. Just showing how we've been programmed to believe things that may not be exactly true. Go ahead, Craig. Well, I think that's why, you know, uh, one of my great mentors, uh, Chuck Misler, said you got to be a Berean, right? So you have to take everything in and look at the scriptures and see if they be so, right? That's Acts 17. So when you said, hey, uh, this gentleman who put these things together, and, and, and he might be talking about the Hebrew word, but I got my Tom Horn, King James Defender Bible, Luke chapter 2, 7, and says, And she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. So right here in the King James Version, it says that. Huh. Now, is the Hebrew word for inn, is that, is that, is that where the mix-up is? I don't know. Yeah, okay. good point. Uh-huh. But, but, the, but the point is, is it's, it's our responsibility to work these things out and dig into the scriptures ourselves, not let someone tell us what to think, but hold us mm. to, the, to, to the word. And so, Craig, could, could, could the inn been just a place that they had made an arrangement to stay, and they got there and there wasn't, wasn't room? Well, when people traveled back then, they walked, right? And people would yeah. rent their rooms out, like uh, whatever it's called, yeah. uh, whatever you do at Sky High, you know? right, right. <laughs> bed and yeah. breakfast or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, people would do that. So maybe the town was full. I think that's probably what it was saying. But then the other thing, that, and you're bringing it up with Rochelle, okay, forget the day. Look at the date. He was crucified on Nisan 14th, which was the Exodus. He was raised on Nisan 17th. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's when you understand the feasts and all these particular times when they had to do it. You know, by great. the way, remember what, remember when I said when Noah's birth, when the flood was October 31st? Well, it was the second day of this. It was the second month of the 17th day. And then remember, there's 150 days, which is five months in Hebrew. And guess what? You come to the seventh month of the 17th day. Gee, that's the same day that Jesus rose from the grave. 150 yeah, but, days but, from when the flood started. That's yeah, but Craig, to the date, the dates, and the actual Craig, numbers. Well, my, pastor, my pastor told me that that's legalistic, Craig. That we've, that it's just legalistic. <laughs> Easter's always been on that day. It's always been well, just the t- way that it's been. Now, Jesus was born on December 25th. It's the way well, it is. Your pastor, it's right in the, it's right in the Bible. His, yeah, but have him call me and we'll sit down. I'll come drive to him. I'll bring my Bible. Okay. We can have okay. a great discussion. So we do know this, right? We do know we do know this. Uh, we all agree the Ten Commandments. Uh, listen, I'm not messing with anybody today. I promise I'm not. I'm just trying to I'm trying to have some fun today. Okay. We all know that the Bible's true, especially the Ten Commandments. We do know that. We, by golly, we all can agree on that. And it says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. You know what it says? Do we? <laughs> and what is the Sabbath? And does it not matter? Well, if the Sabbath doesn't matter, then probably stealing doesn't matter either. Right? And lying probably doesn't matter. Hmm? Sleeping around, covering that part doesn't matter either, does it? See what they do to us? Oh, don't get me in that debt. Don't get me going in that debate. I'm just saying, you said you said you read the Bible. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. And that just isn't true. You believe some stuff that isn't in that, isn't in that Bible. Not in there. Come on, Randy. Then Michelle. Yeah, Coach, do we really need the Ten Commandments? Or do we just need the two that Jesus said? That's the what I said. Commandments, Coach, the law, I mean, I'm, I'm all for God's natural law, spiritual law, all that. But the, the, the ungodly, have they need the Ten Commandments because that's what they don't keep. When, when you're born again and you love God, you don't have any problem keeping those Ten Commandments. You don't, dude. I don't, right. need to, I don't need the law to make me do, the, to do what's right. Amen. Amen. I, now, maybe I did before that, but I don't. Yes. So just think about that. Yeah, it's a schoolmaster now that drives us to Christ, isn't it? The, the, the law is a schoolmaster that drives us to Christ. Come on in, Michelle. Morning, Coach. Hi, family. This is a this is a very nice conversation, Coach. I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Firstly, yes. Vinny, if you open the chat for me, I can put something in which puts this Bethlehem thing into Hebrew perspective, and it blew my mind because he was really, <laughs> to put it 
plainly he was born where all the sheep were born that were going to slaughter to the temple every year. It's a beautiful story seen from a Hebrew side. And then as Craig mentioned a lot of times, if we look at the Hebrew dates, the Hebrew counting, we have to remember that we are Gentiles. So we come in with a lot of information not given to us. So if we don't humble ourselves and learn from how these Hebrew things were taught through God to these people, we're not going to understand anything. Perspective and worldview Perspective and worldview is everything. Remember when I was talking oh, yeah. to you earlier about the book of Enoch, right? Perspective is everything. It's, it's everything, folks. And again, doesn't mean the book of Enoch is biblical truth. But if you look at it, just as a historical reference, it makes this demonic realm understandable, I think, to a degree, right? So perspective worldview is everything and it does matter what pastor you sit under it folks tell you it matters Amen. my recommend then janine yes thank you coach excellent show as always john sixteen thirteen. but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative so we trust on the holy spirit thank you coach to guide us into all Amen. truth all right. Don't ever walk away here and say, Coach said this and Coach said that. Folks, I'm I'm working out my own salvation. Janine, come on in. Um, just a couple things. First of all, um, God only sanctified one day to worship uh, for the Sabbath in the Word of God, and that day wasn't Sunday. And, that, and second of all, um, he brought He did up, away with uh, the law, Janine. He did away with the law. Yeah. They Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. And... Uh, He's, you know, someone said, well, we only have two commandments. Those are the Ten Commandments, and the Sabbath hangs on them. And it says if you break one of them, you've broken them all. Just mm-hmm. think about that. Yep, yep. So here's, what, here's, here's the debate in my mind, okay? And again, I'm, not, I'm, far from, <laughs> I'm far from a religious scholar. The Ten Commandments are a schoolmaster that gives us, shows us our need for Christ, right? Now, the debate becomes this. Once I receive Christ, am I still under that schoolmaster, that law? Am I still under that law? I think that's where the debate in Christianity comes. And I'm not sure I've, I'm not sure I've worked that whole thing out. Now, I think the dietary laws, I think the diet, my, my opinion, the dietary laws were for health reasons, I think. I think. Uh, Paul, wasn't it Paul that said, don't worry about what you eat, don't judge somebody by what they eat? Don't judge them by what day they celebrate, right? So I think the Ten Commandments are the schoolmaster. It shows us our need for the Lord. And then should we continue to follow? Well, you continue to do what's right. That's why Jesus said there's only two of them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and your soul, and your neighbors yourself. You do those two things, you will find yourself in alignment with those commandments. That's the way that I read it. That could be psychobabble, something that uh, Gandhi might have said. But that's, that's how. Listen. Uh, Jesus said that God made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. Amen. Got that? Got that? And we should honor God on, on the Sabbath, which probably be, wouldn't be hard for anybody in here to study it and know that the Sabbath is Saturday. I'm, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. It's easy, right? But, but is it legalistic in, in, in nature? If I am under the blood, if the schoolmaster has driven me to Christ, Every day belongs to the Lord. Yes, Mr. Producer. Oh, hey, Coach, this is Jared. Just wanted to let you know you just got kicked off Patreon for hate speech. Ouch. What? what? You, just got, Ouch. you just got kicked off Patreon for breaking their the community Bible guidelines, is... hate speech. What was that? What? Hate... The Bible is now <laughs> hate what, what did they do it on? I No, I think they just, because you're not really using the Patreon, but they've decided to delete your account. You had, wow, you had some subscribers you. on there, so yeah. God, well, that comes. <laughs> oh, what a crazy, what a crazy freaking world, isn't it? Luso John, listen, listen. I just opened a can of worms. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Don't send me emails. Convince me on the sap. Don't do that. Don't do that. I've done some studying on it. Right, I've done some studying on it. Okay. It's a has to be a personal conviction, I believe. Amen. Cool. 
Amen. Save, save me 150 emails. Uh, Julie, everybody, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get new folks in there. Julie and then Reggie. Morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, about patron, it says, in the Bible, count it all joy when you become persecuted. Yep. My name's. Yep. I count it all joy. I don't care about Patreon. I don't care about any of them. Lord's going to, Lord's mouthpiece, he'll get it out there for us. Go ahead, Reggie. Amen. Can't hear you, Reg. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yep. I don't know what subject you're on. I apologize if I'm off topic because I was dealing with a teenager. All right. Um, <laughs> as far as the Patreon thing goes, this is this kind of one will help prove my point because you're going to be shut up. Anybody that speaks truth and stands firm will be silenced. So that's what why I keep saying we have to keep speaking truth no matter how hard or difficult it is. We have to keep doing it. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen, I, sister. I was actually, uh, I thought I was doing, well, it must have been for something else, some hate speech from something else. Go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I just want to point out that Jesus didn't say the only two commandments are love the Lord with all your heart and all that. He said those are the greatest yes. of the commandments. We have, to worry, we have to be careful about saying only and always. If yeah. only and always aren't specified. Yep, good point. I received that. Uh, received that correction in Jesus' name, Kevin. Yeah, Coach. The only place you're going to be silenced is on their God-forsaken platforms. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Now remember this: they're saying you're guilty of hate speech. Who is it that hates the word of the Lord? It's them. Sure, it is. That's right. It's, it's the same thing, right? The programming. They don't want this truth coming out. I, I get it. Hey, do me a favor real quick, uh, Jonathan. Go to uh, uh, Isaiah 28. Because <clears throat> this, 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 this is to our enemies, all right? Isaiah 28, beginning in verse, uh, let's start in verse uh, 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people here in America. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell. By the way, this kind of sounds like the Masons to me. We've made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus say the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. This is an encouragement to you, friends. And the waters shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death, Mr. Facebook, and Mr. whoever's forces are behind you, your covenant death shall be disannulled. And your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through. Then you shall be trodden down by it. Wow. From the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall pass over by day and by night, and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. For the bed is shorter than that a man can stretch himself on it, and the covering narrower than that he can wrap himself in. He's talking about the wicked here, friends. For the Lord shall rise up as a mount in Perizim, and he shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Now, therefore, 
Be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong. Would that be Psalm 2 bands? Would that be the chords he's talking about in Psalm 2? For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts a consumption, even determined upon the whole earth. Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. Doth a plowman plow all day to sow? Doth he open and break the clods on his ground? When he hath made plain the face thereof, doth he not cast abroad the fitches and scatter the cumin and cast in the principal wheat and the point of barley and the rye in their place? I'm running out of time. For his God doth instruct him to discretion and doth teach him. For the fitches are not threshed with threshing instruments, neither is a cart wheel turned around by the coming, but the fitches are beaten out with a staff and with a coming and with a rod. This is all coming forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counseling and excellent in working. Folks, we're winning. Uh, We serve a righteous, victorious king. Don't ever forget it. God bless you. See you tomorrow. No, Monday. See you Monday.